0: Every now and then, an artifact is discovered that is so out of place, makes us question our historical and biological timelines because they just don't make sense. Some of these items have vanished over the years, others are misunderstood, and still many of them are just a mystery. Hey guys, it's Andrew, and thanks so much for subscribing to get this week's Patreon-only exclusive episode Today, we're diving into a few of these strange items. Here are five very strange artifacts with unknown origins. Number five, the mystery of the Dorchester pot. In the mid-1800s, in the heart of Meeting House Hill, which is a neighborhood in Dorchester, Massachusetts, miners came across an artifact that would defy any and all explanation is there, nestled among ancient rocks, appearing almost like a mirage from a different era, was the Dorchester Pond. A peculiar find, to say the least, this discovery was about to challenge our entire understanding of history as we know it. Discovered in 1851, this inverted bell-shaped pot, split in two, was reportedly encased in stratified rock, and that rock dates back somewhere between 570 to 593 million years. This was, then, a relic, it would seem, from the end of Karen period, but how could a vessel that bore striking similarities to Victorian craftsmanship be found in rock formations from before the dawn of complex life? The pot was amazing in and of itself, Made from an alloy resembling zinc, it was intricately inlaid with silver, carved with botanical motifs. What truly added layers to its mystery were the depictions of carbonivorous plants, some of which had vanished from our planet eons ago. Such a find couldn't stay silent for long, and by June of 1852, Scientific American brought this marvel into the public eye. Its discovery, quite predictably, caused a divide among people. For example, creationists and proponents of alternate human origin theories took the Dorchester pod as proof positive that their beliefs were legitimate. Michael Cremo, in his book, Forbidden Archaeology, The Hidden History of the Human Race, asserted that this artifact was tangible evidence of advanced metalworking happening in North America more than 600 million years ago. So to some, the pop became an emblem of an ancient pre-flood civilization. But of course, writing a book doesn't mean you are correct. And as with all tales shrouded in mystery, there was a counter-narrative. Skeptics and archaeologists posited a far simpler explanation. Keith Fitzpatrick Matthews of Bad Archaeology pointed out some glaring inconsistencies here. Why was there no direct evidence of the pot being encased within the rock? And given its clear Victorian aesthetics, why would anyone from the 1850s assume its age to be in the millions? His arguments, while unanswered, raise suspicions regarding the discovery's credibility. The most tantalizing piece of this enigma, however, is the pot's abrupt disappearance. Just as the world was waking up to its existence, it vanished, leaving behind only accounts and echoing stories of a relic seemingly out of place and time. Today, with our advanced technologies, we could perhaps unravel the mystery of the Dorchester pot. We could ascertain its age and origins, and maybe, just maybe, put to rest the swirling tales that have kept it alive. But without the pot itself, all we're left with are these stories. Number four, the legend of the Devil's Bible. In the dimly lit quarters of the National Library of Sweden, among countless other treasured artifacts, lies a relic so imposing, it's hard to believe it's the work of a single man. This enormous book, known as the Codex Gigas, or, more ominously, The Devil's Bible, remains one of the most mysterious and awe-inspiring manuscripts in all of history. Spanning 36 inches in height, 20 inches wide, and weighing a hefty 165 pounds, Codex Gigas is the world's most extensive known medieval manuscript. It's made of leather, wood, and metal, and its pages, written uniformly in an intricate script, are the work of a single person are believed to have taken the scribe an estimated three decades to compile. Lifetime of dedication and meticulous labor evident in every brushstroke and handwritten line. Yet the contents within its pages ranging from religious to medical to magical, pale in comparison to the haunting image of the devil that it hosts. Opposite an illustration of the kingdom of heaven, the devil sits ensconced on a throne, arms and legs outstretched amidst a fiery background, his eyes seemingly tracking readers as they navigate the Codex. This juxtaposition of heaven and hell combined with the mysterious history surrounding the Codex gives it a macabre lore. Though its origins trace back to the 13th century, polled the monastery in Bohemia, now part of the Czech Republic, Much of its early history remains unknown. Stories and myths intertwine, making it challenging to discern fact from fiction. Yet one legend stands out and has stood the test of time. According to this tale, a monk named Herman the Recluse, after violating his sacred vows, was sentenced to the gruesome fate of being walled in alive. As a final plea, he vowed to compile a book of unparalleled knowledge in just one night. Recognizing the task's impossibility, in his desperation, he reportedly invoked the help of the devil, bartering his soul for assistance. It's said that the devil himself aided Herman, allowing him to accomplish this Herculean task. The disturbing illustration within the Codex is believed to immortalize the moment Satan claimed his due. While skeptics dismiss this legend as mere folklore, the uniformity of the manuscript, sheer volume of knowledge contained within, and the eerie depictions make you wonder how one person could put such a thing together, even if it took decades. Perhaps the answer is because they had the help of some sort of supernatural collaboration, hence the whole story of Herman. The Codex Gigas' tumultuous history further amplifies its mystique. Documented in a 1295 inventory from the Poldisai's monastery, later fell into the hands of Swedish troops during the Thirty Years' War and briefly returned to Prague in 1883, only to find its permanent home in Stockholm. Today, as visitors to the National Library of Sweden gaze upon the mammoth Codex Gigas, questions still remain. Who was Herman the Recluse? Was the Devil's Pact real, or was it merely the work of a skilled yet mortal scribe? Number 3. The Mystery of the Fuente Magna Bowl. Nestled deep in the heart of South America, Bolivia has long been a land of mysteries, the Fuente Magna Bowl is no exception, and is one of the most remarkable and contentious archaeological discoveries that has emerged from South America. The tale of how it came to be found goes back to 1960 when a farmer working on a private estate owned by the esteemed Mahjong family stumbled upon an ancient relic. The bowl, at first glance seemed to just be an ordinary bowl, but upon closer inspection, unusual inscriptions covered its surface. In exchange for some land near the capital, the Manjon family handed the bowl over to the city hall of La Paz. News of the item quickly caught the attention of the prominent Bolivian archaeologist, Max Zamora. Zamora, although meticulous in his efforts, struggled to decipher the inscriptions. and in his initial oversight, was failing to identify the script as an ancient cuneiform text. For 40 years then, the Fuente Bowl lay forgotten, stored away in the Museo de los Metales, that is, until Bernardo Beatos and archaeologist Freddie Ark took an interest in this buried enigma. During their investigation, the duo encountered Maximiliano, a nonagenarian who astonishingly recognized the bowl from a photograph. Maximiliano's confession was as bizarre as it was shocking. He said, in his youth, unaware of the relic's significance, he used it to feed his pigs. Desperate for answers, Beatos and Arc reached out to renowned epigraphist Dr. Clyde Ahmed Winters. Dr. Winters, with his expertise in ancient languages, identified parallels between the bull's inscriptions. And the Labyko Berber writing used around 5,000 years ago in the Sahara. These writings connected multiple ancient civilizations like the Proto Dravidians, Proto Monde, and Proto Sumerians. His research led him to conclude that the bowl's inscriptions were likely Proto Sumerian. Moreover, the translation pointed towards the bowl being used for rituals to the goddess Nia a request for fertility. Supporting this theory was the figure on the bull, embodying a goddess pose. Faiado suggested that the bull's presence in Bolivia indicated that the Sumerians might have ventured into South America post-2500 BC, possibly exploring the Andes in search of fertile lands. However, as with many mysteries, controversy was bound to arise, Jason Colavito, a critic known for his skeptical lens, questioned the authenticity of the Fuente Magna Bull. He argued that the similarities between the Bull's inscriptions and Proto-Sumerian characters were minimal at best. The Bull's unclear origin added fuel to his claims of potential forgery. In response, Beatos defended the Bull's legitimacy, underscoring the broad academic support it had garnered. To this day, the Fuente Bowl remains a conundrum. Whether it's a testament to ancient civilizations, extraordinary maritime journeys, or a cleverly crafted hoax, as the story unfolds, we can only hope that the secrets of this mysterious relic will someday be fully unraveled. Number 2. The Mysterious Maine Penny In the coastal regions of Penobscot Bay in central Maine, a strange mystery over a small coin has been unfolding for over six decades. In 1957, a local resident named Guy Melgren, who had an interest in archaeology, uncovered a curious artifact that would spark fierce debates, cast suspicions, and also draw worldwide attention. Melgren wasn't a professional archaeologist by any means, However, in his second year of excavating the Goddard site, a significant prehistoric Indian trade village, he stumbled upon something that seemed out of place, a small, shiny silver coin. As it lay nestled among Native American artifacts, its presence didn't make any sense, and yet there it was. The coin was subjected to scrutiny by experts who ultimately identified it as a Norse silver penny minted during the reign of Olaf Kerr, king of Norway, so sometime between 1067 and 1093 A.D. But how did a coin from medieval Norway end up on the coast of Maine? Well, history tells us that the daring Norse explorer Leif Erikson, who around 1002 A.D. became the first European to set foot on North American soil. Erikson's tales were immortalized in the sagas of Icelanders, which narrate the establishment of a Norse settlement in a place called Vinland, believed to be Lansa Meadows in present-day Newfoundland, Canada, which is about 800 miles north of where the coin was found. Now Erikson could not have had the coin as it hadn't been made yet, but later expeditions by the Norse could have, and they did encounter native tribes they termed Skalinger, though perhaps the Vikings had indeed ventured further south than we've recorded, maybe to trade, and so this coin could be a relic of such an encounter. But the strange thing is that the Goddard site, where Malgrom made his find, is dated between 1180 and 1235 A.D., So this puts the villages prime about two centuries after Erikson's voyages. Yet the period aligns with when Norse settlements thrived in Greenland, and so they may have ventured to North America and we just don't know about it. Skeptics were quick to point fingers. The main penny, they argued, could have been a hoax, a coin intentionally placed at the site. The fact that the coins of this type were available in 1957 added fuel to these suspicions. Did Melgren plant the coin, or was he even the unsuspecting victim of a prank? Defending the coin's legitimacy, some argue its presence points to Vikings traveling further south than Newfoundland. But then why was this the only Norse artifact at the site that was a bustling center for trade? Another artifact, identified as a Dorset Eskimo Burren, suggests the potential of artifacts arriving in Maine via native trade routes, possibly from Viking sources in old- Labrador or Newfoundland. The Today, though, the Maine penny sits on display at the Maine State Museum. Did Vikings journey farther than we thought? Did a Native American get a hold of it and keep it, bringing it to where it was found or was the coin a product of clever deception. The answer remains as elusive as the fog that often shrouds the Maine coast, leaving historians, enthusiasts, and the curious forever pondering the enigmatic journey of the Maine penny. Number one, the mystery of Red Creek Hammer. On a bright summer day in June of 1936, as the birds chirped and the water gushed along the serene red creek in London, Texas, Emma Han and her husband Max stumbled upon something they weren't expecting. Hidden amidst the ancient rock formations of the creek, they spotted a piece of wood mysteriously protruding out. For them, it was an anomaly, an odd piece in a familiar landscape. As years passed, the strange rock lay forgotten, collecting dust until a decade later when curiosity got the better of their son. He decided to crack open the mysterious stone, and to his amazement, it concealed what appeared to be a modern day hammer. The news of the discovery spread fast, and among the interested in seeing it was young Earth creationist Carl Bach who saw in this odd artifact a chance to validate his beliefs and challenge the established norms of evolutionary theory. Bob posited that the rock encasing the hammer hailed from the Cretaceous period, when the rock formed some 145 to 66 million years ago, a time when humans, according to conventional knowledge, did not exist. His bold claim sparked debate, as this would mean that Man and dinosaurs were on the Earth together. challenge challenged the evolutionary timeline was direct. If the artifact is truly from the Cretaceous time frame, where does this leave evolutionary theory? His implication was clear. Man existed during the Cretaceous period when the established evolutionary chronology was wrong. Over scientists and researchers were skeptical For them, this hammer posed a conundrum, not a revelation. Glenn Kubin, an investigator and researcher, took it upon himself to debunk the growing myth surrounding the Red Creek Hammer. In his 1997 paper, delved into some of the intricacies of the geological processes. He stated, The stone is real, and it looks impressive to someone unfamiliar with geological processes. How could a modern artifact be stuck in Ordovician rock? As it turns out, the rock encasing the hammer wasn't as ancient as previously believed. Over time, minerals and solution can harden around objects, making them appear as though they've been encased for eons. The Cubans' research suggested that a miner probably dropped the hammer just a century ago, or perhaps slightly earlier, after which became enveloped in the rock. In the end, the hammer of Red Creek, while a remarkable find, didn't rewrite history. Although many people still hear of the story and think that the hammer is millions of years old. Instead, it served as a testament to the wonders of geological processes, the dangers of jumping to conclusions. It was a mystery from nature, not a relic from a fictional world where humans and dinosaurs coexisted. Red Creek Hammer remains a fascinating footnote the annals of unexplained mysteries, reminding us all to approach the unknown with both wonder and skepticism. So there were five strange artifacts with unknown origins. A little history mixed with mystery are some of my favorite types of stories. I hope you guys enjoyed that one. As always, thanks for the continued support. I'll see y'all soon.